Welcome to Quantitative Health with your host, Paul Kilgore. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to Quantitative Health. And today, we're going to continue talking in this theme of stress. We're talking about stress because it is a pervasive element of our society. Many people are experiencing all kinds of stress. Some people are increasing, increasingly suffering from stress. And we're seeing many effects of stress across society. And so today, what I want to do is tell you about an important connection between stress, inflammation, and cancer. We've touched on a little bit of this in previous discussions. uh, But today, I wanted to tell you in particular about a connection that you may not have heard about before. And as I had pointed out, in previous discussions, inflammation, chronic inflammation in particular, has been associated with the stimulation or initiation of cancer, as well as stimulating the continued growth of cancers. So our goal ultimately is to talk about ways that we can actually control our stress, decrease stress levels, and thereby actually protect our bodies, keep, keep us healthy, and even potentially look toward ways to reduce our risk of getting cancer. Yes, stress and cancer are linked. So that is a key message for today that I wanted to get across. And at the end, we'll talk about some things that we can do to help decrease our stress and reduce our risk of certain cancers. Okay. So the concept that we talked about is the linkage between inflammation in our bodies and stress. Inflammation can be monitored by testing for certain chemicals in our body. But when we have inflammation, we can have overt signs of inflammation, like an inflammatory reaction on our skin, where we see redness, we may see some swelling, And that indicates inflammation is a reaction, for example, to a cut. And the cut is healing, and that inflammatory response helps bring in immune cells to fight off potential invading microbes as the cut or wound is healing. That inflammatory response in a cut or a acute illness is short-lived and is basically there to help us repair the body. Now, the other kind of stress that I've talked about is that kind of chronic, what I would call lower level stress, which can actually pervade every tissue in our body. And in part, this can be due to psychological stress, for example, high workload or long hours at work or high demands on our job. Another way we can have stress outside of our bodies is to have environmental stress. For example, being in a war zone or being in a battle, having mental stress as a result of those experiences can be very, very life-changing, obviously, and can lead to low levels of stress chronically as well. There are other ways in the environment that we can have stress put on our bodies. For example, air pollution having air pollution or other forms of toxic exposures or toxins in the environment can lead to stress of different types at a low level that affect our bodies in a long-term fashion. Now, when we talk about low-level stress 
and the interaction of systems in our body, we've talked in the past about how stress can impact the immune system and how it can actually impair or impede or reduce the effectiveness of our immune response, our immune system. And it does that by reducing activity and the ability of our key immune cells, those white blood cells, to fight off infection or to move to the site of infection. Now, we also know that the immune system is very important when it comes to controlling cancer. And this is not an idea that's been appreciated um, widely, but it's a very important idea because we know now that we can actually tailor cancer therapies by manipulating our immune response. So the immune system going forward is actually going to be central to treatment of cancer. Now, related to that is this idea that in the body we have a system that responds to inflammation on a long-term basis. There is one class of chemicals in the body that I want to tell you about now, and I'll spell it out for you so you can actually try to pronounce it on your own and write it down. The pronunciation is eicosanoids, and I'll spell it for you. E-I-C-O-S-A-N-O-I-D-S. Eicosanoids. Eicosanoids are an important class of compounds or chemicals in our body that help influence the inflammatory or immune response. Okay? Now, in certain types of chronic conditions, for example, arthritis, there are chemicals in the body that are in the classification of eicosanoids, and it's these chemicals that help our body respond to or not respond to certain chronic conditions. So eicosanoids, when we have them overactive and when they're being produced at high levels, actually can cause inflammatory response like arthritis. They're all derived from a one common acid that we call arachidonic acid that is produced in the body. Um, Arachidonic acid is in the body. It's actually an essential dietary fatty acid. Now, the derivatives of arachidonic acid are those that are active in the immune response or inflammatory response, I should say, when we talk about arthritis and cancer. So how does that work? We have really two classes of uh, compounds in eicosanoid uh, group. It's really the uh, group of prostaglandins. Sometimes we call them prostacyclins and thromboxanes. And then another group we have called the leukotrienes. And you may remember that there is actually a relatively new drug that we use to reduce arthritis, and that's called a COX-2 inhibitor. COX-2 inhibitors actually reduce the activity of an enzyme that produces these eicosanoids. In in particular, COX-2 inhibitors reduce the production of prostaglandins, which are integral or a key part of the inflammatory response in arthritis. Okay. It turns out that eicosanoids are also important when we talk about cancer risk. And several years ago, we discovered that individuals who were taking ibuprofen or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs 
on a long-term basis actually experienced a reduced risk or lower incidence of certain cancers, including colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and certain lung cancers. That's right. Long-term use of NSAIDs, or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, have been associated with a lower incidence of certain cancers, colon, breast, prostate, and lung cancer. Now, because this system is so important and integral to cancer, I wanted to also mention the fact that when we talk about this connection between the inflammatory response, the eicosanoids, we also in the same context talk about glucocorticoids or cortisol and how, in fact, glucocorticoids can have a suppressive effect on eicosanoid or prostaglandin leukotriene synthesis. Okay, now, why is that important? It turns out that in certain situations, for example, psychological stress, it turns out that the molecules that regulate the production of prostaglandins can actually change. And in response to psychological stress, for example, we actually see changes in the way that these molecules talk to each other, the signaling between them, and how it interacts with receptors on cells. And in fact, one of the things that has been found is that when we talk about the stimulation of cancer growth, it turns out that on the surface of certain cancers, we have receptors for some of these eicosanoids, okay? Eicosanoids, E-I-C-O-S-A-N-O-I-D-S. Great. Okay, that's a very important word, a very important class of compounds that we're going to talk about a lot more going forward. And the good news is that we have lots of information to tell you about that's very current and help you understand how these compounds, how these molecules interact in the inflammatory process and how they play a role in cancer. And so that's a very important connection. Stress, inflammation, eicosanoids, okay? And I want you to have that picture in your mind of stress, inflammation, eicosanoids, and what can we do going forward to reduce the inflammatory immune and and, uh, boost our immune response so that we can protect ourselves against cancer. So it's really reducing inflammation, reducing the chronic inflammation that we're experiencing due to stress. And certainly exercise is good, proper sleep patterns and sleep methods and approach to good sleep is very important. Diet can play a role meditation and forms of relaxation can really help reduce our stress and in the long run could even help reduce our risk of cancer. Yes. So very important concept today, that linkage between stress, inflammation, eicosanoids. Okay. So I'll leave you with that today and we'll talk much more in great depth about this fantastic topic linking stress, inflammation, and cancer. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.